0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Lob Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am... As always, your humble host, Michael Boldia, and it's good to be with you again, even if uh, the weather outside is less than ideal. It's been, uh, yeah, I I don't mind a good rain, okay, Uh, as long as it's a good rain. I just, I don't like drizzle, and it's not like a 45-minute drizzle or an hour-long drizzle. This thing just lasts for a day or two. And it's so gloomy, there's no sun, and it's just drizzle, 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 drizzle. You can't wear a jacket because it's too hot. Uh, you can't go out in a T-shirt because you get all wet. It's just, it's ridiculous. So here I am. Welcome. I know, small problem to have. I get it. But we're in an era of selfishness to the point that me being wet by drizzle is more important than anything else. I kid, of course, lest I start getting the emails again. uh Those of you that understand my sense of humor, understand my sense of humor. Uh, Those who don't, I'll pray for you. But um, yeah, things are still going on as they always have. I think the latest headline as of this morning, this morning is, let's see, October the 26th, the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, So uh, it's a fresh program. We'll be airing it today. Uh, But the the big headline today was, uh, what was it, at least 22 people that were massacred in Maine, Uh, multiple shootings, uh, apparently one person, and uh, they they finally have one guy that they can point to and say, look, who did it? It's a certified firearms instructor um, who also had mental health issues, apparently. So, look, it's, these things will continue to happen. The frequency which will, with which they will happen will continue to happen. And the people perpetrating them uh, will, will continue to be uh, from, from a wide swath of society because the worse thing gets, the more people are going to snap. It's just the reality of the thing. Uh, but, I promise you, again, American prophetic, uh, they're not going to bury this one. They're not going to sweep it under the rug. It's not going to make, you know, the headlines for three seconds, and then they'll go on to something else because it wasn't a transgender. It wasn't a guy in a dress that did it. It was a certified firearms instructor. He happened to be white by by all accounts, and uh, he had mental health issues. So this is it. This is the bonanza, baby. This is, this is uh, you know putting a quarter into the slot machine and getting uh, three sevens. I don't know. I don't do slot machines, but apparently either three slef- sevens or three pineapples or something. They, they got a winner. If, it, if the guy had been wearing a dress doing this thing, the headline would be gone in 24 hours or less. Because he wasn't, uh, this is going to have hang time. And uh, sooner or later – uh, there, there will be calls for gun control again, uh, as though the gun got up and did the deed. So uh, there's that. Uh, it's, it's not a story that's going to die out. It's going to take away from what's happening in Israel. It's going to take away from what's happening in Ukraine. And uh, it's going to take away from everything else, because uh, gun control is a priority for a certain segment of the leadership in this country. Uh, politicians in this country don't like the idea of the average schmo, the peasant, the taxpayer, the peon, if you will, having a way to defend themselves by any means. A, a butter knife uh, is stretching it. You should, you should grow your fingernails out and, and claw at their face if they come to attack you. That's what you should do. Uh, while they have bodyguards uh, fully armed in uh, ballistic vests and all this other good stuff. But again, you know, the rules are for thee and not for me, as any politician of the last 20 years would say. Uh, That said, and we're not going to get into it too much because it's horrific. 22 people are dead, and they shouldn't be. This, This individual picked soft targets. Places where he knew there wouldn't be someone with a gun to shoot back at him. So he was a coward, no matter how you cut it. Apparently he had mental illness. Now, I'm looking at minimum, and I know when this happens, somebody's going to mention this program and go, how would you guess? Because I understand uh, human psychology. Uh, Plus, I know what their intent is. I know what their desire is. They're going to try to limit the number of people who can possess firearms as much as possible. So now, given that this man had mental health issues, the minimum that's going to happen is they're going to forward a bill where anybody that's had mental health issues or that has had a prescription for uh, antidepressants or weed or whatever it is, because I got some of those emails, bro, where, where, hey, weed's natural, brother. What's your problem with weed? Because it messes with your brain. Stop. All right? If, it, if you're looking for justification to smoke weed or drink beer, you're not going to find it with me. If, I'm sure there's plenty of other people, well, brother, it's not, it grows in the field. Glory, glory. Well, now they're going to use that to, to, to likely limit your access to firearms, if you've ever gotten a, uh, I don't even, is it a script? It's not a prescription. It's like a, a doctor's note for like glaucoma or something. I don't know. Uh, if if you are in a database having uh, purchased and consumed antidepressants, mood stabilizers, or the marijuana, as uh, certain politicians like to call it, Uh, they're they're likely going to try to say, well, look at this guy. I mean, you know, boom, mental health issue. And we know that that marijuana is a gateway drug. Whether that's real or not, debatable, I'm not getting into it because I don't have a horse in this race. I prefer lucidity. I prefer seeing the world as it is, not masked by all kinds of chemicals. It's not chemical. It's natural. All right, can we not have this debate? Are we children still? If we're still children, then I'm going to start treating people like children. I'm not having the weed debate with you, all right? It, it, it It's a substance that distorts your ability to think. It makes you docile. It makes you a sheep in the truest sense of the word. And this is why, by the by, uh, this current administration is all for you know, legalizing the marijuana, what is it? Uh, <laughs> the latest bill that Mr. Jose Robinette Biden's trying to fly was uh, uh, making menthol cigarettes illegal. Again, no, no dog in this fight, kids. Uh, it's, it, I, but there's a certain segment of people that, that all they smoke is menthol cigarettes. I'm not going to point any fingers, but you know who you are. Uh, You know, and so they they want to make menthols illegal, but legalize marijuana and uh, make sure that people have access to clean crack pipes. Because, you know, priorities. So, back to this. Uh, 22 people. Dead, at least. Uh, And the man is allegedly, I know, I hate that word too, but as of now... Allegedly, he's a certified firearms instructor with mental health issues. So, uh, again, the minimum and the least that I can see happening from here is some sort of legislation uh, either severely limiting or outlawing the possession of firearms by people who have been on antidepressants, mood stabilizers, and who've gotten scripts for their glaucoma, <laughs> for uh, the marijuana. Uh, I don't, don't say you didn't see it coming, because I just told you it was. Okay, again, American prophetic. I, I, saw, I, I saw all of this while riding my pet dinosaur in ice cream land. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're sitting there scratching your head going, this guy's lost it, too. No, it's, it's, there, there's a pink-haired lady on TV who apparently has a bigger audience than I thought was humanly possible, given that I presupposed most people have rational thinking abilities where they can see she's a nut burger. But apparently not. Rel- relatives of people I know, that oh, they, they follow her, man. They believe all this stuff. I'm like, all right, it, it, it's not April. I mean, the, the, the leaves are falling off the tree, so it can't be April. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, they, they believe she's gifted. And this is, uh, you know, uh, the nature of uh, American spirituality. And so uh, what hope is there that the church will stand up mighty and strong and defend the truth? Stop. I, I understand. Look, it, it, it's hard to hear the truth from somebody when all of your life you hoped it would be different. I get it. Because I, I got a, a response from a friend on, on one of the blogs, and he says, uh, why would people get angry at the truth? Why would people get angry when you tell them that judgment was coming or, or that America needs to repent? Well, because, and, and I didn't answer him, but since we're doing this, I'll answer him now. Because most people have a... a ideal of what America is they have a presupposition in their minds of, of, of what America is and in their minds American can do no wrong in their minds America is the city on a hill it is uh, the beacon of righteousness and holiness and when anybody uh, takes a stab at that illusion their first reaction is to lash out I know I'm going to get blowback for this, but I have children too. And every parent sees their child as a bona fide genius. Alright? Every parent looks at their child and, and, and they think they're the next Einstein. They think they're the next Picasso. They think they're the next Beethoven uh, minus the hearing problems. Uh, they, they look at their children and they see them in the best possible light. Now, me being objective about my own children would have a hard time if they went because by the way, my, my eldest, my nine year old uh, just did an entire week of a maps testing, which is math, uh, aptitude reading, whatever. Uh, so, you know, if she came back and, and, and the test results told me that, you know, she needs to write, breathe on her left hand so that she could read it and actually remind herself. I, You know, I'd have a hard time with that. But if she took the test over and over and over again and the results were the same, I would have to come to terms with the reality that perhaps my child was not as bright as I thought she was. We have enough evidence currently where... We can look at the body of evidence and say America is not the righteous, just, holy, godly nation that we thought it was. Yet some people are still refusing to acknowledge the facts that are staring them in the face. And this is why they lash out. This is why they get angry. Because they're so invested in the idea that, that America and godliness are synonymous that they're unwilling, it it would break their minds to come to terms with that reality. So whatever they have to do to cope, whatever they have to do to justify their position, they will continue to do. Now, uh, apparently enough stuff was going on where the circus had to come to an end, and the Republican Party elected uh, a Speaker of the House. After, what, three, four votes, uh, a man by the name of Mike Johnson was elected Speaker of the House. I don't know anything about him. Uh, Read a couple of short blurbs. Uh, You know, all things being equal and fair, uh, he seems like a decent enough guy. Uh, He's he's a man that seems to to have a relationship with God. But – it is what it is. He's still a politician. That's why I said, if you're looking for a politician to save your nation, you're looking in the wrong place. It doesn't matter how, how noble they are or you think they are. If a man truly desires to bring the nation back to a path of righteousness, he's going to have so much opposition. Uh, by, by the time he's done, he's going to be homeless begging for pennies. Because there is a very powerful cabal of people who've held power in this nation for a very long time, who don't want you to be awake, who don't want you to realize what's coming, who don't want you to see what the nation has become. And so they employ everyone, from preachers and pastors and, and, and influencers. I, you know what? It's one of the reasons that I'm looking forward to the mushroom cloud where the word influencer cannot be synonymous with a career. One idiot telling other idiots to buy a certain kind of makeup. That is not a career. So it's one of those things that will go by the wayside. There will no longer be influencers. There will no longer be TikTok stars. All of these things, these illusions that we've made up for ourselves, gone, disappeared in an instant. So at least, eh, that's the silver lining for me. I know, you're thinking to yourself, but brother, well, you know, you take what you can get. There are other things we could talk about, most assuredly. But Gino, this morning, uh, having arrived into the office bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, informed me that someone had sent me an email that I did not see uh I, I apologize for not seeing it i get a lot of emails most of it junk and so if, if it's not in the top 15 when i turn on my browser in the morning likely i missed it but it was from uh a man whose name i still think is the coolest name ever uh my my brother trapper i know don't you wish you'd named your son trapper uh, either I, if your middle name was like hercules or maximus that would just I'd be done. That'd, that'd, be, that'd be it. I, I'd, I'd have to, you know, acquiesce to my wife's desire for another child and keep going until I had a son so I could name them Trapper Maximus. Uh, but uh, he wrote me an email, and uh, some of the questions, well, actually it's two questions uh, now, now that I see this, uh, and they're questions that have been repeated by others on and off, so I thought I would take the time and answer them on the air. Uh, that way, hopefully, uh, some of you get something out of it, not just my brother Trapper. I know. I like saying the name, too. Anyway, see those of you that are about to have sons, trust me, Trapper Hercules or Trapper Maximus, whatever your last name is, it doesn't matter. It's just those two names put together. That's it. Uh, he's he's going to be some sort of general. Uh, anyway, he wrote me an email asking a couple of questions, and I think uh, they're, they're worth talking about on the air. Uh, and so we're going to get into them. Uh, we're going to answer them. Hopefully you'll get something out of it. Hopefully he'll get the answers he's looking for. Uh, and uh, I all I can do is, is answer them as truthfully and honestly as I am able to. Uh, I... I Look, I, I've been in ministry long enough to understand that if if you bend with every breeze, if you bend with every wind, if your position changes from one day to the other, uh then then you have no, no stability. You're not anchored in the word, you're not anchored in the truth. Uh you're you're just jumping from one thing to the other given the situation in the moment. you know, right now, people who are like, uh, uh, that's it, we're going away. 2021 is when the Jesus bus is coming another way. 2025. Uh, stop. Look, be anchored in the word. When I tell you something and I proceed it with, "This is my personal opinion," then take it as such. It's not a message from the Lord. It's not a prophecy, it's not a vision. I wasn't teleported to heaven. Uh, I didn't ride a pet dinosaur. I don't have the staff of Moses with which I shall part the oceans. It's just a personal opinion. So the questions have to do a lot with, I'm assuming, uh, what we're seeing, what we will be seeing. Uh, because eh, nobody asks for cooking tips from me. You know, there are certain people that that, that are, um, what do they call it, typecast. And... Uh, I I guess I'm one of those people, so it's fine. I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm more than willing to have a discussion, uh, and I'm more than willing to give an opinion as long as it's received as an opinion. So uh, I'm going to go through this, um, read it. I'll answer the questions as they come along. Uh, So here we go. Uh, For months and months I've been pondering, considering, and strategizing how I could pose some questions to you that I knew only you could answer. Well, that's, see, now, now, now I'm like, I'm leery. Because if I'm the only one that could answer, and that's scary. Uh, allow me to sip from my delicious beverage, by the way. It is coffee. It is black. No longer hot, because we've been at this for 22 minutes already. I know, you're thinking to yourself, it only seems like five. It's, it's my melodious voice. Oh, believe it or not, they're not about the timing of the revolution that your grandpa saw. Well, that's surprising. Uh, Or what the symbols of the snakes represent that you saw in your vision or dream. Uh, I have pushed myself to give up on being concerned with timing, as there is plenty of work to do in the meantime. Amen. And when the night comes, uh, that is it. No more worky, as you always say. I have resolved myself that persecution and martyrdom have always been a part of the deal that Christ offered, whether it came to pass in one's life or not. And if people weren't aware of the potential for martyrdom, then they just didn't read the Bible plain and simple. Again, I, amen. Uh, anyone that, that reads the Word of God without the filter of another individual's interpretation comes to that same Conclusion, your life is forfeit. You come to Jesus understanding that he may require that you suffer, that you, that you go through trials, that you endure, that you're martyred, persecuted, etc. But it wouldn't have the broad appeal that nominal Christianity does, would it? I mean, you can't tell a, a, a soccer mom who dreams of driving a Mercedes-Benz SUV that she may be called upon to suffer and endure and still expect her to come to your church and, you know, nudge her husband into writing a check. Well, that's just misogynistic. Why can't she have her own money? I'm sure she does, but she'd rather have her husband ride the check because, you know, she uses her money for makeup. See, I make friends everywhere. This is, I, I glow. I glow with empathy and joy. This is why so many people want to be my friend. I, look, these are heavy topics. And, and we need to be able to smile once in a while. Because I, in my early 20s, uh, I, I used to go down these rabbit holes. And, and they weren't good for me because the deeper I went, the more isolated I became and and the less joy I had in my life because I didn't counterbalance all that knowledge of the end times with the hope that is in me, with the hope that is Christ. With the knowledge that after this, however long, however short, however temporal, however painful this existence is, I will be with Him for eternity. So, I, all these things that, that people ask, I, I've been living with since I was 12 years old. I'm pushing 50 in a couple of years. So, I'm not new to this. I'm not new to the prophetic. I'm not new to the end times. The fact that we're seeing these things coming to pass now, uh, it's the only reaction that I have is, eh, it's about time. But they're not surprising. And so if I give you an opinion about what I see coming, uh, it's an educated guess based on a lot of study, a lot of research, a lot of prayer, a lot of contemplation. Uh, It's not something that, you know, is off the cuff. Again, I'm 48. I've been at this since I was 12. I was my grandfather's translator from the age of 12 to about 23. And then after that, God called me to ministry. So it's been a minute, kids. Now, He continues, I think that the only prudent thing to do now is to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Indeed. Which leads me to my first two questions in this part one of my questions. I I only saw the part one because I I went through my emails and there was only this part. So uh, if you sent another one, I'll check again, but uh, this is the only thing I saw. I have several questions to ask, but I know you have a whole host of things to do. So I thought I'd br- oh okay. So I thought I'd break up the questions and respect your time. As always, anything you are not willing to answer for whatever reason, I fully respect. But you are pretty much the only person that I know that won't hold any punches. That's sad. That makes me sad because look, what's the point? What what's the point of holding back truth, or as you put it, holding back punches? Because I it's it's not like we're, we're fisticuffing. I, I I wouldn't dare fisticuff with a man named Trapper. Uh, but we're talking about the truth here. And if as ambassadors of Christ, if as children of God, we find ourselves holding back the truth to spare feelings or emotions, uh, I don't think that's a good place. I don't think that's where we want to be. I don't think that's what we want to find. I don't think that's what we would like Jesus to find us doing. When he returns, is holding back the truth. Because it it may have spared someone's feelings in the moment. It did nothing to aid them in their overall spiritual health. He continues, "Uh, You tell it like it is, and I need that, so here it goes. All right, question one. After the preamble, we have the first question. (sighs) What did your grandpa... See in Jesus that made him endure all of the torture and torment and never once consider turning from Christ. I, I think we discussed that part in the beginning of the program. His life was forfeit. So is mine. If you're a servant of God, so is yours. And you do whatever he tells you to do. You endure whatever he allows you to endure. Because it's not about you anymore. I've been pondering this question for months, and when I think about this, I've also been thinking about Abraham and why it was that Abraham listened to God's voice and obeyed. Uh, there, there, there's also the issue of trust. because it, it, it's, not, it's not a one-sided answer. It, it's multidimensional. First of all, because his life was forfeit. It was no longer his. Second of all, because he learned to trust God. Look, especially when it comes to Abraham, Abraham had a relationship with God. Abraham knew God well enough to trust him in whatever God told him to do. And even though to, to Abraham's human reasoning it made no sense, even though it seemed cruel, he trusted God enough to follow through because he knew that however far God allowed this to go, even if he had to do as God commanded, God could still bring his son back. Because Abraham knew to trust God, and he knew the power of the God he served. Uh, Let's continue. I had to ask, because whatever they had is what I need to strive to have, because I genuinely believe that I will need whatever they had to make it across the finish line. I don't see the promise of Streets of Gold or unending singing is what got your grandpa... Uh, through or what made Abraham press on or even the martyrs of old who were singing as they burned at the stake, that they kept singing away because they wanted to see their loved ones again. Hey, it, don't, don't underestimate the power of pet dinosaurs. I kid, again. But see, this is... Just, just juxtapose these two ideas. People being martyred burnt alive for the cause of Christ, singing songs of praise to God while this was happening, and a pink-haired raisin telling you about ice cream land and pet dinosaurs in heaven. Yeah. But I can see that a true relationship with Christ would move them to press on through the worst of times. If I'm off base, please let me know, and please let me know what got your grandpa through. Uh, Well... Again. Once my grandfather committed to following Christ, his life was no longer his, what he saw in Jesus was everything. Jesus Jesus became his reason for being. As he is mine, as he should be yours, as he should be for anyone that claims to be a child of God. It's not about touching your television screen and saying a prayer. It's about surrendering your life to him and following after him, picking up your cross daily and doing what he tells you to do, whether it's easy or it's hard. Now, we also have to balance this out with the reality that God God is not some some, some masochist that just wants to see you bleed and hurt. He's not going to allow you to be pressured beyond what he knows you can resist. And when he knows you're reaching your limit, he will always be there to strengthen you to carry you, to give you joy, to shelter you, to give you peace, and even heal you. Look, I, my grandfather went through seasons of hardship, but after those, God healed him supernaturally. He was beaten to within an inch of his life, but then an angel of the Lord came and, and, and made him jump out of bed. So it's, it's this ongoing relationship and understanding that God is able and God will. Provide and God will protect and God will heal that, that kept men such as my grandfather pressing on and moving forward. Look, it, it, the reciprocal nature of Christ already having died a death far worse than anything we could have endured should, should give us the strength and the courage to say, Lord, whatever my lot is, Lord, whatever your will for my life is, I I, I walk into it head held high because I know you endured worse. And I know that you are with me and I know that you love me. And like I said, I, I think it also had a lot to do with perspective. I think the perspective of many of his generation and many that came before them was a biblical one because it wasn't about them. It was about Christ being glorified through them. So, if my perspective is that whatever I have to endure, I will do so because it will bring glory to God. It's very different from, well, I'm going to try to keep from enduring anything because I prize my flesh over everything else. This this. this Hedonism and and self-importance that has become mainstay in this generation isn't just detrimental to the godless because it's seeped into the church and it has become detrimental to the children of God as well. Because we're no longer seeing ourselves as vessels in the master's hand to do with as he wills so that the vessel might be used as a vessel of honor, so that the vessel might be seen as bringing glory to the one that molded it. It's about how many likes we can get on Instagram, or how many people thumbs up on Facebook. Or I don't have an Instagram account. I don't tweet. Now it's X, whatever they call it. Look, I, I write every morning because... It's what God asked me to do, and I think I'm decent at it, and I put it up on Facebook for free, and then when, when that topic is done, I put a book together, and, and, and I offer it. And even then, even when all the information's out there for free, all right, 100 days, 100,000 words, the book of Jude, I still get people, well, why do you charge for it? Because it's in, it's in book form, and I cannot give you. Something that I have to pay for because I'm not asking you for money for anything else. And if you understood that of that whatever fourteen eighteen dollars that you pay for the book, I get less than a cup of coffee's worth. I don't know, but even that it still goes to the covers and everything else. Anyway, because I those those are the those are the notes that that annoy me the most. Look everything that that. Our ministry has to offer you can find free on the Internet. You can go to handofhelp.com. You'll find all of my grandfather's revelations, his prophecy, his testimony, any dreams that I've had, anything that I've written. I know you've got to click through it, though, in one article to the other. If you want it in book format, I know. I know, but freely you receive. I'm giving it freely, but Amazon isn't. Sorry. Anyway. That was an aside. I apologize. See, I, I get, I get, it's, it's rabbit holes. It's, 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 uh, it's distractions. Allow me to sip again because uh, well, I was up at 2.30 this morning. Uh, and, you see, the funny thing is my wife wakes up around, what, 6-ish, 5-ish, and she comes down and goes, why were you awake at 2.30? I'm all, why were you awake at 2.30? Because if you knew I woke up at 2.30, then you were awake at 2.30. He's like, yeah, but I went back to bed. So anyway, uh, I I hope I've answered that first question. The the reason, and it's not just my grandpa, because I understand people's predisposition to put my grandpa on a pedestal, but I knew how much he disliked the idea of being put on a pedestal that that i'll try to balance it out whenever i can and and some people "Why, why don't you talk more about your grandpa because he was a servant of god like any other of his generation who did what god told him now granted we came to this country god said he should continue the ministry in a different vein and warn this country of judgment but a servant is a servant we don't we don't we don't put people up on pedestals if, if that's the one lesson that the American church can learn. I mean it would burst a lot of bubbles, don't get me wrong, but it would be so good for the spiritual health of the church. Where we didn't idolize men to the point that oh, me and Jesus are the same. No, you're not. You're a fool. What do you mean you and Jesus are the same? My grandpa wasn't the only one that, that went through this kind of thing. Um, if I get the time, I, I, and I'm working on it, I have been, but there's only so many hours in a day, and I, and I have to you know, feed my kids and keep a roof over my head while doing this, I'm putting together a book of testimonies of, of people of my grandfather's generation who were persecuted and tortured and beaten Uh, who had their homes taken away, who lost wives or husbands, who who were turned in by family, all for being Christian, all for being believers, all for being followers of Christ. And they did so with, with joy. Not because they didn't have the capacity to understand what was happening to them, or because they didn't, they didn't understand that they might die in, in a labor camp somewhere, or, or digging a dam somewhere, be buried under rocks because they outlived their usefulness. But because their lives were no longer their own. Because wherever God led them is where they were supposed to be. And they were at peace with that reality. So I, I hope that answers the question. Uh, if, if not, then I guess I'll I, I'll try for round two next time. I don't know. Uh, question two. All right. There, there are only two questions, by the way, because I'm looking at the time and we're almost out of time. Uh, so... I'm going to get through this one. Hopefully, uh, it's less complex than the other one, because again, it wasn't, it, 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 it's a multifaceted answer. It has to do with, with trust, love, faithfulness, obedience. And at the root of it all, the, the, the foundation of it all, is that you are no longer your own. You belong to Him. You go where He says, you do what He says, and you endure what He allows. And the knowledge that it's to bring glory to His name gives you the strength to endure. Question two. In keeping... I, see, I, I read the first few words and I have to laugh. In keeping with my cheery previous question... Uh, I'm not asking about prophecy, visions, dreams, as I have read yours and your grandpa's prophecies, visions, and dreams many times, even memorizing many of them and watching for them to come to pass in the not-so-distant future, Uh, looking at you, Golden Gate Bridge. But for this question, I'm leaning on your logic. Oh, boy. See, and I appreciate that. You're You're not asking for revelation. You're asking for my opinion, and I appreciate that. I'm leaning on your logic and how you put pieces together uh, that most others can't point blank. Ooh, I like it. Direct. Will you tell me how bad you see things getting? Oh, <laughs> Oh, all right. Uh, for, for those of you with weak stomachs, it's probably in the next couple of minutes, you know, click off, uh, you know, go, go, go listen to, to some uh, Hill song. You know, that, that, that'll put a, you know, what, what's it called? A, a, a skip in your step. I respect that you don't want to scare folks on the broadcast. I don't. But then again, sometimes the truth is scary, uh, as you say. But I'm uh, asking because from my youth, I have never been one who liked to get snuck up on or surprised. Who does? Uh, I would rather see things coming and prepare. I listen intently to what you say each week in the radio broadcast. Well, see, now you can listen this week, and you'll get your answers, and I don't have to type them out. Voila! Uh, That I need to prepare my heart for the things that are coming. And believe me, I strive for it every single day, to grow closer to Christ and stronger in him. (laughs) But kind of like that fellow in Romania that wanted you to shoot him with a pellet gun. Uh, If you're willing to answer, I'll always remember that I asked for it. I really love that story, by the way. Well, if, if nobody understands what that's about, it's, uh, it's an essay I wrote for the blog. Uh, and yes, this person was real. And yes, uh, they didn't believe that a pellet gun would hurt. They demanded that I prove it, and I did because, hey, you know, I, I, I like to acquiesce to people's requests. Uh, it makes me smile every time I think about it. Uh, how bad do you think it'll get? And the more detail, the better. Oh, you don't want that. Uh, As it will help me to prepare my heart and mind. All right. Well, uh, where do I start? Mm. Uh, Let me preface by saying this. I personally believe that what God showed my grandfather regarding America's future is what some refer to as an elevator pitch. Um, It was a synopsis. It was a list of bullet points. It was kind of like describing a two-hour movie in one sentence. Uh, It's Terminator meets the sound of music. There you go. That's a synopsis of of a movie. It hasn't been made yet, but I'm sure someone will think of it or steal my idea. You're welcome. (sighs) What I mean by that is that I believe the downfall of this nation will take place in stages. Uh, I, I believe there will be some time between the civil unrest, or as my grandpa called it, the internal revolution, and the attack from without. So stage one, I believe, personal opinion, is the breakdown of civil order due to rampant civil unrest. That's the first thing that that, that we can look at and say, all right, it's starting. So stage one, is the breakdown of civil order due to civil unrest. If enough cities uh, get torched, if enough people are out in the streets beating up cops, uh, the, the idea of uh, civilization and the masks we wear where, you know, we let the little old lady go ahead of us at the store because she looks like she can't stand for much longer or we we buy somebody's cheeseburger that's behind us in the drive-through all of that goes away so when when you no longer have civility when you, when you no longer have civil order uh the only thing that that it can lead to is chaos and i think that uh either wittingly or unwittingly the people that have been uh talking about defunding the police and doing away with order for for the last few years uh, are contributing to that outcome. They're contributing to the end result of there being no order, to there being chaos. Now, once you have the breakdown of civil order due to the civil unrest, you're going to have Quickly followed by that will be the the, the breakdown of supply chain. All of the logistics, all of the trailer trucks coming in, going out, bringing food, all of that dead stop. If I were someone who was looking to do damage to this nation, an irreparable damage at that, that's when uh, you start to attack uh, power, Uh, electric grids uh, internets interwebs the ability of people to communicate with each other without being face to face and so you're going to have an entire focus on that power plants electric grids internet internet providers because it needs to be a Systematic destruction of the nation before they can attack it. America has to be in a position where it can't defend itself. Chaos will rule. Once all the shelves are empty, once there's nothing in the stores, then stage three will be scavenging. And again, you ask for my opinion. And so I'm giving it to you. I know it sounds bleak, but if you happen to live in a major metropolitan city, anything over a million people, if you don't get out in the first 24 hours and be prepared with enough food and water to last out for a couple weeks. After that, it gets easier because by that time you're going to have, what, 80%, 85%, 90% casualties. Once all the resources are done away with, people in major metropolitan cities will starve to death. It'll be chaos. They'll kill each other. Bodies in the streets. All the stuff that, that... you know, post-apocalyptic movies like to, to portray. But just imagine, you have how many people in Chicago? Three million? None of those people know how to hunt squirrel or make a stew. The best they can do is go to Chick-fil-A or McDonald's or Burger King. The higher end area is perhaps whole foods. Imagine what happens when everything's gone. Shelves are bare. You've run out of the food that you had in the pantry. What do you do then? So if, if you're not out in 24 hours and you don't have somewhere to go, have enough food set aside for eh, four weeks. And I know that, that what I'm saying sounds bleak. But if you've read up on what it means to be judged of God, you understand that it's, it's, it's pretty much on par. So this is why I've always said, look, if you live in a rural place, if you live in a suburb, know your neighbors, have an inner circle, know who's good at what, whether hunting, fishing, electronics, whatever but have a nucleus of people that you can be interdependent with so that you can survive. And I understand that for many this is too dystopian. It doesn't seem like a reality that has the possibility of coming to pass. And the only reason you don't believe that it can is because you put too much faith in your fellow man and in the infrastructure that has been created in this country. Look, there, there are reports coming out about how fragile the infrastructure really is. And if you want to lose sleep and, and if you want to be one of those people that's you know always uh, got their head on a swivel and looking left and right, read some of those reports. Yeah, some of the power grids uh, providing power to half a million and a million people are, are being held together with you know, duct tape and crazy glue. It wouldn't take much. And then after all this, I think that we will be such a prime target that our enemies will do what, what God showed my grandfather and others, which is attack the nation from without. So uh, hopefully you didn't get more than you, you bargained for, brother. But that's, that's how I see it playing out. Uh, it's, it, it's not going to be sudden one after the other. Again, I, I think that what, what my grandfather shared within the span of 10 minutes uh, might very well take a year to two years to come to pass. Because it was just the bullet points. It was just the synopsis, the, 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 the big ideas of what would be taking place. And in a nation where everybody is of the same heritage, where everybody is of the same belief, where everyone is of the same uh, mindset, it might be a little easier to survive if you were, you know, in Hungary or in Africa and everybody was Hungarian or African, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a people. You, everyone understands that we need to, to band together and, and, and do what we need to do to survive. But you live in the world's biggest stew pot. And every neighborhood has its own clique and every neighborhood has its own ethnicity. And you got little Tokyo and little China and little Japan and little Afghanistan uh, you got little everything. And then, especially in the bigger cities, all of these people are, are going to be fighting for resources and fighting to survive. You tell me how that's going to look. Mm-hmm. And I know that some of you are sitting there thinking to yourself, if this is what you believe, how can, how, how can you still retain your sanity? Well, because I know my God and I know the power of my God. And I know that he says I shouldn't worry about tomorrow. I know he says the just will live by faith. I know he says that he will provide for all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And that's why I still retain my sanity. That's why I'm not scared. That's why I'm not terrified. That's why I'm not looking for a spider hole in the ground where I can go and crawl into Because while all of these things are happening, God's children remain God's children. And his hand is not short. All right, let's, let's get through the rest of this email, because we are really cutting it close. Uh, but there's not much left. And it was only two questions which I believe I tried to answer. Uh, he says, in a way... <laughs> In a way, I'm sorry to even ask such questions, but you implore us to recognize the time we're living in and prepare accordingly. Uh, As far as preparation, uh, each one must do as God leads. It it wouldn't be a bad idea to have things that you can barter with. It wouldn't be a bad idea to have things that uh, will be difficult to obtain once uh, supply chain goes out the window. I don't know, band-aids, bandages, ibuprofen, you know, things that you take for granted every day are are things that, that will be priceless when the breakdown of civilization takes place. He continues and he says, I recognize in every way that the phoenix is dead, indeed, and will not rise... And that we as a nation and world are in a death spiral that we legitimately cannot pull out from because every angle of bad is covered. But even realizing that, I, fe- even realizing that, I feel it is only the tip of the reality iceberg, so I have to ask. Uh, Thank you for being an honorable mentor. Aw, come on. It's, we're brothers. It's a mentorship. It's, uh, if you do want uh, the mentorship, it's uh, $5,000. Please go to my Patreon. I kid. Uh, some people do it, though. Hey, want to learn to be a prophet? Buy me a car. Stop. This is Again, and all of this stuff, all of these things, they're going to go by the wayside. They're going to be revealed for the lunacy that they are once these things begin to happen. So there's that. Uh, I have learned a lot over the years from you. Well, I'm glad. And now I'm humbled. Each week before I listen to the broadcast, I pray that God would teach me through it. You would be amazed at how much I've learned over the years. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I still like your name. Coolest name ever. So uh, I I hope I was able to answer your questions. And I hope those of you that sent in similar questions have also gotten them answered. Uh, I know there's so much we could have talked about. Well, you know, some days you just got to take a step back. Uh, The world will do what the world does. People are still picking sides left and right. And once uh, the lines are drawn, uh, that's when you're going to start to see the ugly. So until then, keep praying, keep watching. God bless you. God keep you. And uh, a a newly and freshly recovered Gino has the next three minutes to say anything if he has anything to say. God bless. Uh, Hopefully we'll see you next week.
0: Thank you, Mike. I think what's really critical to keep in mind is to keep your faith and eyes on Jesus. You know, look to the Lord. Don't doubt his power, his ability, his strength. I traveled with Mike for over 18 years, and I can tell you everything he said about faith and trusting the Lord. I've seen it walked out in his grandpa and his life. And it has to be walked out in our life. You know, people are very, somewhat conspiratorial at times, you know. Uh, worried about, you know, things that are coming at a level uh, where we get, you know, look at Y2K and all that. <laughs> me and Mike toured during the Y2K. Everything's going to, now, everything Mike said's is going to come to pass, don't get me wrong. But... Uh, what I'm trying to say is need to look to Jesus is what Mike is saying through it and trust Christ through it and trust the Lord. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge him in all thy ways and, you know, and don't lean on your own understanding. Uh, he'll direct your path. He'll be with you. And in Y2K, when me and Mike traveled, there was so much fear involved. And first of all, You can't follow this. You can't be full of fear. You got to be full of faith. Jesus will not let us down. But I guarantee you, the trouble that Mike spoke about today is coming, and when is up to God. But we know it's right around the corner. We know America's sins have reached the throne of God. We know we're it's a stubborn and rebellious nation. We know America's been warned for many years, and uh, you know judgment's at the door and. You know, you can't give America a pass because we have sent around the world a lot of bad example with killing the pre-born and gay pride parades and gay events and drag shows and other wicked things and uh, looking at our leadership in Washington and all these things that uh, dishonor the Lord. So look to Jesus, trust the Lord, Mike gave some practical ways of preparation And uh, bless you, and thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth, with Michael Bodea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com.